I'm Catherine and I want to introduce my colleague Nissa. Hello. So look, um, today we're going to be talking about YA novels, um, a really popular genre. Um, now Nissa and I have both read two mm -hmm. and thoroughly enjoyed them. So Nissa, tell us a, a little, or just introduce them. Sure. Okay, so the first book we're going to be talking about, uh, I think Catherine, that's your book, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. So that book was actually published in 2017 by Walker Books, and I believe it's been recently made into a movie. Um, I understand that. Very good one. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it and I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Okay, the next one is going to be How Not to Ask a Boy to Prom. And that's by S.J. Gosley. Mm -hmm. um, it was published by Roaring Book Press in 2019. So that's a new book um, published this year. Very recent. Next, we'll look at You Must Be Layla by Yasmin Abdul-Majid. And that is an Australian book by an Australian author published by Penguin Random House this year, followed by There's Something About Sweetie by Sandhya Menon. And that was published by Hodder and Stoughton this year as well. So we've got one book from 2017 made into a movie this year and three books that were published this year. So mm -hmm. it's two and two. Catherine, let's start with you. What did you think of your two books? Thanks, Nissa. Um, I know you were uh, mentioning to me um, earlier on that uh, the YA genre, uh, while popular, I think you mentioned that uh, it... Uh, is in some ways, I mean, I know it's enjoyed by adults. I mean, we're certainly adults and we enjoy reading YA fiction. Um, but I think you did say to me that you thought um, the genre was um, a little bit less popular. Is yeah, I, I remember reading an article, I think it was in the Sydney Morning Herald earlier oh. this year, and it said that sales in YA fiction apparently have sort of gone down uh, compared mm. to the last few years, more so in the UK than Australia, but there's definitely a little bit of that um, a trend yeah they're not really sure why uh, one reason they gave was that it's possible that because a lot of YA used to focus on um, you know uh, like it used to be catered to a male audience and there's uh, this big surge in YA aimed at possibly just female audiences that may have I think made a difference to the number of sales, but that's just a theory. Mm. But yeah, there's this definitely, they said, uh, a trend, although it's not too bad in Australia. Yeah, well, possibly. But that uh, does raise the point that uh, we discussed earlier about diversity, mm. because um, the hate you give, the Angie Thomas novel that I read, um, you know, really speaks to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, but apart from being a fabulously good thriller, uh, you know, a social commentary, um, you know, a story that um, is like almost an instant classic. Um, you know, when I say that, you know, like I could even compare it to, say, um, To Kill a Mockingbird because it's that kind of book that it's a, it's a debut novel by Angie Thomas, who's um, apparently a former rapper. Um, so she's from Mississippi. Um, she actually references um, some of the, you know, some of the black iconic figures from the past and some of the really, you know, quite heinous things that have occurred, you know, in the history of black relations in America. And she does reference um, Emmett Till, the, um, the young man who was murdered in Mississippi. And interestingly, she comes 
from Mississippi and writes something about it towards the end of the novel. But, I mean, this is in many ways um, quite hopeful. Um, and it's very nuanced and, and it's very complex. It's not, you know, black folks against, you know, white oppressors. You know, it's very much um, a really balanced view. For a start, um, Star, the, the name of the uh, protagonist in this book, um, is, um, is dating a white uh, guy. So she's got a white boyfriend who is really portrayed as really supportive and if anything, you know, she's a little bit unsure of their relationship. But um, it comes across as, to me as like very um, stable and very supportive, um, you know, so much so that, you know, Chris, her boyfriend, uh, eventually even, you know, basically puts his life on the line by um, going with Star and some of her friends to the riots that ensue. Because the, the, the story is quite simple. Star's best friend, Khalil, is murdered. Um, and it's the classic... I mean, it's really based on what we hear in the news and have done in the last, you know, few years about um, the, um, the murder of young black people, mainly young black men, but not just, um, who've been sort of apprehended for minor traffic offences... And, um, and, you know, it, it just appears that, you know, the, um, th that kind of attitude of really judging these young men um, precedes, you know, what is, you know, common sense, you know, and to give people a chance. So this, that theme is at the heart of this story. Um, the other really interesting motif throughout this book is the um, um, a Tupac, Shakur um, and in fact his lyric gives this book its name um, so the hate you give um, so that's from um, some of his writing Thug Life the hate you give uh, this is a uh, I think this is an exact acronym acronym little inf a little infants F's can't say the word <laughs> yeah um yeah, children. So, you know, what, it, what it's saying is the seeds that society sows today is going to be ripped tomorrow Absolutely. in absolute civil unrest, chaos and, you know, um, social upheaval. But, but, I mean, I loved um, the other thing I just thought I'd quickly raise is Star's relationship with her family, her parents, her brothers. Um, it's really loving and supportive and you don't always get that in YA novels. Mm -hmm. And I really like that component of the, um, you know, the solid family um, uh, unit. See, because Star's going to uh, a high school out of her area because she's living in a predominantly black, uh, disadvantaged area. So, and, you know, this is where she's met Chris, her boyfriend. So that kind of nuance and that kind of juggling of the conflict she feels between being you know accepted by white society by or by you know the the you know the aspiring society um, she's obviously a young person who's got a good chance of escaping um, you know sort of poverty and drugs and all the usual um, cliches but and and the and the really crux of this story is that she doesn't have... She's there when Khalil 
is murdered, you know, quite by chance because he's giving her a ride home from a party. So she's suffering from that trauma of that event but feeling really coward about speaking out and wondering how that's going to affect her family or herself, you know, her future. Um, and that leads to, you know, the the decision that she has to make, the con- internal and external conflict about speaking out publicly, declaring her position. Um, and uh, so the way it plays out is a little bit like a thriller. And, you know, it's just such, such a heartfelt read. I, I, I couldn't recommend this book more to uh, both young adults and, uh, and of course, adults because the, the themes are really, they're all there. And are you aware of it being on any sort of syllabus or anything like that? You know what, it's absolutely going to fly onto syllabus. Um, uh, most probably in America, it already is. Um, in Australia, not so much because, as you know, I do know what's on the syllabus here. Yes. <laughs> That's one of my jobs. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, highly recommended, The Hate You Give. Now, the other book, um, yeah, it's, um, now the other book I read is um, I called, think it was, yeah. sorry. <laughs> How Not to Ask, is that the one? I'm looking for my notes because <laughs> it's a little bit of a difficult title. How Not to Ask a Boy to Prom. So, uh, as you said, that's by S.J. Gosley. So, look, this is a bit of a rom-com in a way. It's kind of queer, queer themes. So, it's kind of, you know, interesting that a lot of YA novels, as we were saying, is looking at diversity, different ethnic groups, um, sexuality. And, you know, I reckon this is a really good thing. Um, and, and interestingly, uh, a lot of a lot of YA fiction is being picked up for uh, you know movies and uh, Netflix movies because this puts me in mind of uh, Jenny Han's um, um, "All the Boys I've Loved Before," which was a recent, very well acclaimed Netflix movie. Ah, uh, that's where I've heard of that. Okay, yeah. I was Vaguely familiar that title. Yeah, so so this book's been compared a little bit to Jenny Han's um, title of a few years ago, and even puts me in mind of um, uh, Becky Albertalli's Simon versus the Homo Sapiens, which was a novel uh, that came out I think 2017, and subsequently made into a teen movie that actually got cinema release in about 2018. So that's interesting, isn't it, that trend to, you know, tell the stories of uh, formerly marginalised young adults, you know, young adults that have sort of been, um, you know, bullied perhaps and uh, and really been, um, their stories have been well, not told until now. So that's why I really love this book. Um, but, you know, look, apart from that, it's got all the, um, you know, tropes of a rom-com, you know, the best friend, some mix-ups in the story, sort of fake dating and, uh, you know, the vulnerable young uh, kind of uh, virgin who we won't go into that bit too much. But, you know, the... That sounds uh, a little bit like one of my books, actually. Yeah. <laughs> talking about. <laughs> but, you know, just the young guy who has, hasn't ever been kissed, hasn't ever taken anybody to prom. Um, 
But um, you know, the the young protagonist is is a great character. You know, he's a bit, he's a little bit nerdy, but he's very relatable. And I mean, I think all young adults could really relate to this story, regardless of the, the sort of uh, the bit of the gender bend. Um, so I'm really hopeful that there'll be more and more books like this um, coming through. So Nissa, that's. Uh, all from me. So tell me about your books, please. Yeah, so my two books. Okay, the first one I want to talk about is You Must Be Layla by Yasmin Abdul-Majid. Um, Yasmin was uh, formerly a Young Australian of the Year. Uh, she's in her late 20s now, so that was a while ago. Um, she's also a writer. Uh, she's a well-known public figure. Uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately, but also for some unfortunate reasons where comments that she's made have been... Uh, taken I think in a not particularly positive light um, regardless uh, she is a talented writer and she came up with a YA novel called You Must Be Layla this year so the story basically revolves around a young Sudanese Australian much like the author herself um, she's in year 8 and uh, she loves climbing trees and she likes bejeweling and she likes engineering so she's a I think she's a very well rounded young character you know um that could easily i guess have been a um you know a young male character so it's mm. I, I quite like how she's got like interests that sort of span um oh, she's the, assertive yeah puts me uh, actually um i know from reading her biography that she is a trained engineer exactly so you can see and I, while i haven't read her biography i have um read that about her so i think it's um the character is Basically, a lot of it has been modelled on her. I'm sure there are other things as well that she's included there. But anyway, so she's in year eight, uh, and she uh, used to go to an Islamic school, and then she gets a scholarship to go to a really fancy private school. And then the story follows from there, the struggles associated with that, uh, you know, racism that she experiences, uh, friends that she makes, um, you know, there are themes of forgiveness, uh, uh, she tries to prove herself, uh, she somewhat succeeds. So a lot of that stuff that you would accept, uh, expect from a story, uh, which, you know, um, which it's done, I thought it was done quite well. Um, the language is interesting, I found in the book. So obviously because the character is Sudanese-Australian, uh, there's a lot of Sudanese-Arabic words uh, that are included in the book that really gives it that interesting flavour. Um, what I found interesting actually was when I was reading some of the words, they included, um, because they're Roman, in, like they're Roman English um, uh, versions of the Arabic words, but they would include numbers in them. Mm. So there would be a word like, and it would be spelt B A double R seven A, which I found really confusing and I made a mental note to Google it later on. Mm. But she actually included a handy glossary at the back um, in which she said that. Um, in Arabic, when it's written in the Roman alphabet, uh, numbers are used for sounds that don't exist. And I thought it was pretty handy to have that in a YA novel, like a glossary at the back that explains some of the terms she would use in Arabic, but also explain the, the, the thing that was going on with the numbers that really confused me. So I like that. I think it's quite educational for, um, you know, for young adults reading that, to be exposed to that and to really get the context of what they were talking about. Um, I also like how the language is, it is so full of youth slang, like particularly Australian, I feel like Australian youth slang, but from a particular background, that is included, and uh, the acronyms that they use in their texting. Um, 
I'm only dimly aware of all of this, so it was interesting for me to have to try to concentrate a little bit to understand what they were talking about. I suppose you really feel your age at that point. Yeah. Um, but it, it was still an interesting experience, and, and the voice to me, coming from a position of not really knowing much about it, still sounded quite authentic because it, it did sound, it was a very young voice. Um, the themes again are there is a little bit of that where you've got uh, you know being interested in um, you know classmates having romantic feelings towards them and so forth. But I think because uh, the characters were in year eight, it's still at a very tame sort of innocent level. Um, so it's definitely aimed at that very young you know tween slash teen uh, group. There's also um, characters from different backgrounds in there as well. You've also got uh, characters who are coming out for the first time as well. One of the characters, uh, new friends in the new school, comes out as gay towards the end. So I, I do like how that's been acknowledged as well. Again, going with the themes where this is the reality of the world today. And it's very important, I think, that YA represent that because this is where kids at this young age, when they're vulnerable, they need to see themselves represented. Um, so apart from the cultural diversity, it's really good that you've got that sexual diversity represented there as well. Yeah, and you know, young people are very accepting. They're not, they're not brainwashed. Well, prejudices are learnt, right? No one is born with prejudices. So Absolutely. That's, that's one of the things they say. Yeah. So that was all interesting. I, I also liked the character of the brother, I just wanted to mention, because the brother isn't a central character here, but I think he's quite representative of the uh, some of the discrimination that young African males in Australia do um, face, that despite their best efforts, despite, you know, whatever they're doing academically, they may be as good as that, there's still going to be that sort of prejudice against them that is of a different type to the ones directed at, you know, females um, or, you know, um, sort of older people. And I think that comes a lot from what's going on in the news about African gangs and so forth. So Definitely, really, yeah, I was thinking of the, exactly. the beat up recently in Melbourne. Yeah, so I'm really glad that she's mentioned them. So it's it's mm. a nod to, to that group um, that has, I'm sure, faced a lot of discrimination because of because of what's going on. So that was, I think, really good of her to highlight that issue. Um, and again, going back to language, I really like, um, she uses this expression, apparently it's in Arabic, um, and it says, the camel walks with the, no, hang on, the camel walks while the dogs keep barking. And what that means is that, you know, just stay steadfast, continue with your goal, whatever other people say. I love it. Oh, I really loved it. And then she would, the character would shorten that to channel the camel or the jamel, and then she'd keep on saying channel the jamel, channel the jamel, just to like to motivate herself. I get it. I love it. It was, it's such a, like, it's so rooted in like a different culture, but I think it, again, I just, I really loved that. It was one of the nice touches. Um, one... If I have a complaint, um, it's, it's just this slightly odd thing that the author does where she makes these slightly strange references to, um, like cultural references to stuff in the 80s and 90s. So she refers to the Karate Kid, which, okay, I get, like the main character, um, huh. but also 80s aerobic instructors and the movie Sister Act 2, which came out in the early 90s. And I thought that kind With of- With Whoopi Goldberg, I remember yeah, it. I mean, this sort of stuff issues. I mean, the Karate Kid is what 1984. This is to act. I think that was early 90s. It's it's kind of strange for a character who's in year eight today to have been. I don't know to be referring to those because yeah. on the other hand, she talks about her dad 
no crying when he would watch High School Musical, Happy Feet 2, Moana. These are more recent ones. So I just, it was almost like the author, I think, forgot which decade the character was in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, seems, and, seems odd and, unless, <laughs> unless she just has a really unusual, nerdy, um, you know, um, affection. Could be, yeah. For 80s movies. That's, that's true. Because, you know, similarly with music, some people do. They do, yeah. I it's just, weird. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing that I thought was a bit out of place. And I thought I was imagining it until I read, like, a review somewhere that made the same point. I'm like, okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. But look, apart from that, I really I really enjoyed the book. It was, it was, it's good. I think it's aimed at that sort of slightly younger teen audience. Mm. Um but I love the different voices in it. I like how it's representative of Australia today. Mm. I think I've made this point before, so I might sound like a broken record, but um, I really love that. And I liked how the character was so, like her interests were so well-rounded, you know? Uh, She's uh, academic, but she also, you know, likes climbing trees like any kid would. She also likes to be creative, but she also likes engineering and woodwork, which is not something that you always see females engaging in. I mean, regardless of whether they actually do that, but when they're portrayed in books, you don't always have... Yeah, and that's great, too, too, um, for her to, you know, um, describe, in a way, I think, her childhood because because I did read a little bit about her and and her parents, you know, her mother in particular was very supportive and, um, you know, her parents didn't say, look, you know, a girl uh, can't do things like that. You know that, and and supported her being equal, you know, yeah. to her brothers. Exactly, and this character, she likes, you know, woodwork, but she also likes bejeweling too. I like how she isn't portrayed either as super feminine or like a tomboy. Mm. Why do we have to go into those two different boxes? You yeah. should be able to have interests across across the, mm. not across the. I guess you could say spectrum, but because mm. what is normally portrayed as being feminine and masculine, regardless of whether they are. So I like how. You know, there's no difference. So yeah, I, you know, I always think labels are odious and yeah. to be avoided at all yes, costs. Exactly, especially in this time. And you know, um, the next one uh, is uh, there's something about Sweetie by Sandhya Menon. Now, the author I think is an American author from an Indian background. Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, and the character is pretty much the same. Um, she is a teenage girl. She's just about to turn 17 when the book starts. Um, her name is Sweetie. Um, and she is from a South Indian background um, and she was born in America, grew up in America and the thing about her is that she's athletic, so she's a star um, athlete, one of the best runners in the school, she's a great singer, she is creative, but she's also, and these are the words of the author, fat. So what the author does throughout the book is she's trying to reclaim that word and that's what she says later on at the end too um and the character is the same where she is um quite unapologetic about you know her physical type uh because she's like look i'm healthy i'm the best runner in the school i'm athletic um of course she does have to hear comments from people uh, her mum as well who's trying to be protective but maybe when she's trying to talk to her daughter it comes out in a maybe not so supportive way so mm. she has to deal with all of that but she's got a very strong sense of self um and the story is, it's mostly a rom-com, I guess, as well, because there's another character who's um, an American of, again, an Indian background, and in this case, Gujarati, who is a Hindi speaker, and how they get together, um, and 
basically it's the story is this love that they share uh, this this discovery of each other when they start a relationship and then it also touches on their friends um, I think there's a, a homosexual couple amongst their friends as well so that's that's a great thing that they've represented there uh, you know uh, their families they've got their own issues with different families um, are the um, families supportive of their romance it's oh I don't want to give away most of the story. Look, it's not its not one of those cases of, you know those simplistic stories where you would have people from a certain conservative background or culture, the parents would be completely against a relationship and that was that. And then the story revolved around them overcoming it. Uh-huh. It isn't like that. There's a lot more subtlety to it. And I think it's been updated for modern times where the, the parents, both of them are from Indian backgrounds and they both are very keen on their children, you know, uh, adopting certain cultural norms and you have to adjust you know, uh, in a way that, say, people from a different background perhaps would not be. But the dating itself isn't... It's kind of sanctioned dating, let's just say. Oh. So um, so that... Which is an interesting concept. I think before it would be absolutely not. Now it's more like, well, these kids are in America. Um, they are going to date. Let's just have a more sanctioned form of it. You know, oh. one um, that involves a bit more parental involvement. I don't want to give up too okay. much. But, but it is a more progressive, obviously, um, approach because I I know that um, sort of arranged dating or even arranged marriages are still, you know, quite commonly yeah. um, accepted in uh, South Asian exactly. cultures. And, um, but since these characters, I think, are one, the, the guy is 17, Sweetie is just about to turn 17, obviously there's no, there's no talk of marriage or anything like that and they... It's, it's like they're not even going near that idea because it would, I guess, kind of be absurd at this point. But dating, certainly. Um, mm. So it, it was just, look, it's an interesting concept. Um, and I think one that kind of makes sense because that's, times have changed and it doesn't make sense to keep portraying certain, certain cultural, people from certain cultural backgrounds as well. It's either, you've either got the no dating or the absolute, you know, um, you know, just rejection of your culture. Yeah, it, mm. there is some sort of, it's a mesh of those two different things. I yeah. think they're trying to find a... Um, a, a more nuanced. Yeah, like a, a, some sort of thing that can, I guess, not in both directions, you know, like mm. give you in both worlds where you've got that freedom, but you've also got certain cultural norms that you're going to... Um, Comply adopt. with. Yeah, like one of yeah. the things they mentioned was that whenever they would go to someone's, um, you know, an older... Um, relative's house or whatever they wouldn't introduce each other as oh this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend they said this is my friend even though even though most people in the family would know that they're you know dating yeah but you don't say that because there's still these negative connotations Mm. so you don't flaunt it but you but you still there's a subtlety exactly and i like to that they've shown that there's a certain subtlety to it and plus the um positive um body image um, theme uh, I think yeah. that's really important for yeah. young adults for, for just people in general to be accepting yeah. and and you know say oh, you know bring it uh, you know I'm, maybe I'm fat P-H-A-T yeah. <laughs> which is cool apparently the author is very keen uh, about like promoting that idea and she's created a character who is um, you know a character who is like I said an athlete a great singer she's very creative but she also happens to be have a, a larger body mass index than most other people. So I think she's 
tried to show that, look, characters aren't just a one-dimensional sort of thing where this is what their body type is, therefore just mm. like don't bother with anything else that they've got going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's more of a romantic comedy, but there's a lot about family, a lot about friends. Um, it's a lot about parents who may be a little bit overprotective and how sometimes that mm. can be potentially harming. Um, there's a little bit of a nod in the direction of sex as well mm. because the characters are a bit older. They're sort of getting to that adult age. So there's a, a little bit about being physically attracted to people. Um, there's a little bit about lust there as well. So it is different in that way from the other book, um, You Must Be Leia. And I think that's more to do with the, the ages of the, the, the kids involved or the, the young adults involved in that. Well, yeah, it's just reflecting the reality of the kids' ages. Exactly. There's also um, some feminist themes there as well. Um, like the main character, I think she has qualms when he, um, when the de- when she's going on a date and the guy immediately offers to pay. Um, and then another character has all these like t-shirts with feminist slogans on them. And that's a little bit like the other book as well, where the character has those feminist female empowerment sort of um, characters there and moments. Mm-hmm. Um, culture again, there's a lot of Hindi in there. So one character is Hindi speaking, the other one is I think. Um, South Indian language Malayalam. Malayalam. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, so that makes a makes quite a bit of an appearance. Um, but unlike Yasmin's book, there's no glossary at the back, which I I found interesting because I know I mentioned that when we did the Fatima Bhutto book. Um, and then I was listening, I went to the Sydney Writers Festival and I listened to her speak about it with uh, an author called Elaine Castillo, mm-hmm. um, who includes like bits of Tagalog in her in her book. Um, and they were saying that, look, why should we have to have a glossary? And I, I found that really that argument really interesting because I was saying in my when we were reviewing it that it would have been nice if they had it. But the authors, when they're on the stage, they were saying, well, actually, why should we? Like when there's a book and a book has a French word or a Latin word or an Italian mm-hmm. word, we're immediately expected to know what that means, even though we don't have anything to do with that. So why can't people just look it up? Why do you have to provide it to you? Indeed. I, I a great argument, actually. I, I totally agree. And that's half the fun, you know, is that well, you can look it up, you can Google it, yeah. you can make sort of <laughs> make an effort to find out. Um, yeah, no, good point, Nissa. Yeah. That sounds like such a fun book. I really, um, I'm going to put that on my list of must-reads, I think. Yeah, so it's definitely, look, it's, it's a romantic comedy. It's about 100 pages longer than you must be, Layla. Um, but it's, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice read. Um, and... And how great for, you know, people, you know, youngsters in our community. I mean, in our demographic alone, like we have a massive population of uh, new arrivals to uh, our our suburbs you know that's the the western suburbs and you know those kids are in the library in droves and it's really nice for them to be able to pick up a book that reflects you know their life experience their families they might see something reflected there in the language yeah you know in the 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 cultural expressions in there um and the stuff about what goes on with them like um yeah, like the, there was this scene about a cultural gathering and then people were asking about, like all these people were asking about her grades and then other people were offering free advice about, um, you know, how, how she could lose weight. And that just sounds, to anyone who's from that sort of a background, that just sounds so familiar. So it's nice to see that reflected in, <laughs> you know, in, in a book. So look, both of these books, I definitely recommend them. Um, and this is to anyone. Like, you don't have to be from a certain background. No, indeed. I, I was just thinking that. I mean, I would love 
to, I mean, I'm not necessarily from that background, but I, I really love reading books about, um, you know, people from uh, different uh, backgrounds, obviously. Yeah. We're librarians. Exactly. And look, these stories are universal. They apply to everyone. It's mm-hmm. just that they have that little bit of a flavouring, you know, mm. that sort of reflects the, the character's background. But otherwise, these are universal stories. Absolutely. I think everyone should read them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, look, Nissa, we hope that um, by reviewing these YA novels that we're going to encourage um, our, uh, you know, our constituents uh, that live in our area and beyond to go and pick them up because and this includes adults because exactly. they're usually very well written, yeah. the stories are really compelling. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know in the beginning we said that the sales have gone down, but that's not to say that the quality has gone down. If anything, the quality, I, I think... More on this, it's it's mm. so much improved in terms of the diversity that it shows in people. The stories are getting that much better. Mm. More and more people can see themselves reflected in these books. So libraries definitely are doing very well mm. with the books, regardless of whether the actual sales have been impacted or not. But yeah, that's libraries true. are definitely the place to be, and libraries definitely appreciate all these books and the yeah. authors. And definitely, Parramatta has a very strong collection, and our and our branches, of course, um, a rich collection of YA fiction. So, people, thank you so much for being with us today, and please go and pick up some YA books. So, Nissa, I'm signing off. Yeah, so I'm signing off too. Um, if you would like to download this podcast episode, you can get it through iTunes. Uh, just look for Parapods, or you could look it up on the Podbean app, or you can go to the library catalogue and find us there. Okay, bye. The material presented in this podcast is for general information only. Any opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the guest speaker and do not necessarily represent the views of City of Parramatta Council. City of Parramatta Council is not responsible for any injury, loss or damage which you may directly or indirectly suffer in connection with this podcast.